Gather round, children, and let me tell you the tale about how TV used to be made. You see, sometimes we didn't have all of these newfangled channels or streaming services. We just had a few. And sometimes they would rerun content that was several years old. And sometimes that content would get so popular that they'd bring the show back. We're talking about Lupin the Third, Part Two. everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show the more you nerd and we are in the middle of our heists and hijinks anime April slash anime talking about the history of lupin the third and today we are talking about shin lupin the third or new lupin the third but oftentimes known today as lupin the third part two one of the most popular facets of the lupin the third franchise my name is Drew, and I cannot do this alone. I need my Daisuke, my Jigen. Miles, how are you? I was waiting for you to keep on going with supporting cast members. <laughs> <laughs> my Fujiko. I call you Goemon, except he's only in like two episodes and whatever we watch. Uh, at least not what we watched, yeah. But I'm not, I'm, I'm excited to be uh, diving further into this franchise. It's like we said last week, the a major anime franchise that I have very, very little experience with outside of seeing Castle of Cagliostro at Anime Club in high school. <laughs> um, so it's it's and, and this time, you know, um, part two had a longer run than part one. And yeah, so as so we drew, as, yeah, as we talked about part one last week, it. It ran for about 20 something episodes. Uh, from 1970 to 1971 and because of the way that tv used to work and some a couple uh, a live action movie that we learned about that unfortunately is very hard to find or so we'd be covering that as part of this whole thing uh maybe we'll return to that one day um the it it in reruns and with that movie and of course the the manga it became popular enough to warrant a second try another season uh, and this is where they released Shin Lupin the Third. I almost said Shin Ultraman. Did you hear me? Almost say Shin Ultraman. <laughs> yes. Uh, they really, but uh, what has later been called Lupin the Third Part Two, as there have been, you know, parts three and four and five, and I think six is currently airing right now. Yeah, we're on six now. Uh, and and uh, what? And this is where they really embraced this, this, the, these four seasons of this show, because this show ran from 1977 to 1980, four seasons of television, 155 episodes. And so we have, picked, run? we've picked four of them to talk about, uh, which is, you, you, you know, ever get the feeling that like when we do these, these kind of dives, that's, it's almost a fool's errand. <laughs> yes, I do often wonder that very like, particular thing uh we 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 want well I, the last episode we watched was because it was miyazaki's last episode doing something with lupin and the other ones i think uh because i've i've kind of let, let i've deferred to drew for for this challenge and he opted to choose ones that were kind of on a list of best ofs yeah uh, for so, lupin, so lupin what, the third part two what i was aiming for is to focus on some of the supporting cast and uh, so we, we've chosen four episodes, one of which we're going to talk about in a little more detail than the others, because we also watched the dub of that, which is a whole uh, whole other bag of worms. Ball I mean, it, of is and it isn't because this was it's the kind of the embodiment of what anime fans used to feel about dubs in that, like, oh, it's a totally different script. And if you watch the dub and the subtitle, you will have very different experiences. I remember the first the first thing I ever watched where I had that experience was uh, Ninja Scroll. And it was because I think the, the, the DVD had the option for subtitles and 
or in English. And so I just played one scene in English and one scene in Japanese. And it was entirely different conversations that were had. Well, and and luckily, this show is not dub titled, which is something that used to happen with DVDs back in the day where you would have the sub the the Japanese language track and the dub language track, and they would just use the closed captioning for the dub track for the subtitled version, which is also like not Mm-mm. cool most of the time. Not great. Uh, so so uh, one thing that I will say about part two is that you'll notice a costume change for our, our hero Lupin. He is wearing a red jacket and a different colored shirt. So these are sometimes known as the red jacket adventures. But as we move forward in time, uh, you know, you'll you'll see that there are movies that pop up that sometimes they'll be in the red jacket and sometimes they'll be in the original green jacket and sometimes they'll be in a different jacket. And this sort of helps you identify the era in which these Lupin stories take place. Um, it's a little loosey goosey, but uh, but it, it's 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 kind of there. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so and in picked, the first. Oh, go ahead. I said so we picked four episodes uh, to talk about. Uh, the first of which is the first episode of season two of part two, excuse me, uh, the dashing entrance of Lupin the third, sometimes translated as the return of Lupin the third. Yeah. And what's cool about this episode is it takes place five years since the final episode of Lupin the third part one. And I, I like having that kind of real time, like time passage here. Yeah. And it even gives like him having a different coat color, like a uh, kind of a reason like, oh, yeah, it's been five years. We're doing we we, we kind of went our separate ways. Um, Having not seen the last episode of Lupin the Third. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know if that's actually something that did happen or if they're just like, all right, it's it, we're, get, we're getting the band back together because it's been five years since the show was canceled. Um, And. We have a cool I mean, this whole entire first episode is also kind of a nice tribute to the first series because it also, you know, has a lot of callbacks to the first episode of Lupin the Third Part One. Which I really loved that this was a callback to that because we watched that mm-hmm. episode. And so yeah, I got to so- watch it. But also it does kind of like it does feel like almost like Shin, like you said, uh, Shin Lupin, because it's like, OK, we, we this is a resurgence. We are kind of bringing this back and hey if you remember what happened because remember this is the late 70s not everything was on on vhs and easy to get so for them to do a callback like this i know the 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 show is like in rotation stuff it's still it's pretty cool to do you know like more shows would do it now but it's kind of it's kind of cool to give a very specific callback in the way that they do in this first episode Uh, And what I like about this show is what this episode, excuse me, is that it gives all of our, you know, our team outside of Lupin kind of a a little reintroduction. You see uh, you see uh, Goemon, who we have not talked a lot about Goemon on this show. I think this is the first appearance of Goemon on this show. And we're still not going to talk a ton about him. (laughs) Yeah, he's 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 not like the show. He Goemon kind of comes and goes more than the other characters in it. Uh, but, uh, but also the episodes that we watched had very little to do with him at all. Have <laughs> very little to do with Goemon. And, you know, that's that's OK. But uh, we see, you know, Goemon, our, our, you know, descendant of kind of I'm going to describe this probably poorly as like a Japanese Robin Hood character. He's Goemon uh, the seventh uh the the great 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 however many uh descendant of of the goemon character who would you know rob from the rich and give to the poor that's probably a gross mistranslation uh but that is the the how i have decided to declare it based on my uh <laughs> uh my take right but he's but he is a a sort of samurai master karate master swordsman uh, a ronin if you will with with no master uh, which, you know, maybe we if we ever do this again, we'll go back and watch his introduction episode and see in part one. But, you know, we didn't. Uh, you've So you've got him fighting a group of, of people in Hong Kong. You've got Jigen, who is somewhere just showing fools up with uh, pull, psh, pull, psh, you know, doing a, a 
the the more pigeons with, with Jigen, the more she can become. I'm sorry, Miles, you cut out. Sorry, um, I need to change the game of my mic. Every time, every time I dip a little low, it just does not capture my voice at all. Um, the more the more episodes that we watch with Jigen, the more he kind of becomes my favorite character. Yes, I'm inclined to agree with that. I mean, I think- he, he is ve- very much the jet to Lupin's spike. And 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 these episodes, I think, illustrate that very, very well that we yeah, watched. I, I, we we talked a little bit about Lupin's Kel- uh, influence on Cowboy Bebop last week, but this season is like, oh, yeah. So this is why Spike wears a suit and tie all the time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, I, there's a, there's a very specific rhythm to these that that definitely seem like an influence on Bebop. But I, again, I know we mentioned this last week, but. I mean, everything, even even when, like, you have this this show that, like, gets pretty silly, and Lupin gets pretty silly, silly, then you have these very existential or philosophical moments of the characters kind of looking off and drifting and thinking out loud and having real thoughts. And that is something that, that definitely, I think, influenced uh, Cowboy Bebop because there's more of that in Bebop. It's a lot more of a, a serious show because there's a lot of stuff happening but it's also very silly in the very same way i mean this is spike will i i can 100 see spike just being the the sci-fi lupin yeah because uh, he essentially is basically uh but let's get back to lupin so uh, of course we have fujiko who's just on a beach being proposed to by two different people um, oh you mean Faye? Look, man, we, we talked about this. We're I know we did, about- but I just, it's it's so funny. Like, it's even clear in, in these episodes, and I'm sure if I watched more, like, it's... But, like, I love that. I love seeing, like, oh, this, this influenced something that was massively important to anime later on. Like, it's, it's cool seeing, like... Game recognized game. Yeah, you know? it's 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 the seeds that would be tilled into this and that and this and that, and it's it's neat to see, especially because again, we're still in the 1970s with this. Like we're going to be in the 1970s for a while on uh, as we cover this show. Um, and and the the so the show after we're introduced to all these characters, they each get a note from Lupin, or at least who they think is Lupin, inviting them to go on this uh, like gigantic, huge, new, massive cruise ship, the Sirloin, which is such a Japanese name for something fancy. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Makes me so happy. Uh, and as we as we arrive on the Sirloin, uh, the gang is greeted by Lupin, who uh, is surprised to see them all there. Uh, because they think he's all going to pay for their tickets. But no, he got a very similar note from someone pretending to be Fujiko. And suddenly the game is afoot and we are treated to a fun, uh, a fun excursion as everything on the ship is trying to kill Lupin and the gang uh, until we figure out that the mastermind behind it all is Mr. X, the the leader of the Scorpion crime syndicate that from the very first episode of Lupin the Third, uh, who survived that that encounter and became a cyborg of some kinds <laughs> uh, and has challenged them all to a fight to the death because he hates them so much for what they did to him. Yes, and uh, so here... <laughs> Here's where the episode kind of falters for me is is after that reveal, you have this fight that's fine. It it feels like it belongs to another anime. It almost feels like a fight from like Astro Boy or something. Like it's 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 almost overtly cartoonish in a different way. Um, and then there's that's it, something. It also ends super tough. fast, which I kind of appreciate uh, where they realize they can't yeah. shoot that. So. Mr. X has given them a bunch of guns and a bunch of cars and a bunch of things because he's so sure he's going to be able to defeat them easily. Uh, and, you know, so they try shooting him. It doesn't work. Uh, Goemon breaks his his sword trying to 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 kill him and it doesn't work. Uh, but it takes uh, Fujiko and Lupin driving a car into the wall of the ship to make it blow up and then to for 
uh, to, to, and, and another car to catch on fire so that it causes the sprinklers to go off that they then drop an electrical panel of lights into to electrocute Mr. X, who, of course, then blows up the ship and killing. <laughs> I don't know how many people on board. This is maybe has the biggest body count of any Lupin episode we've seen so far. Right. Uh, that. <laughs> and that and like. You know, uh, our our old pal uh, Zenigata is also on this ship. Oh, yes. Pops. Yes, who who gets the name Pops in this in this series? Uh, is that something that happened in the last one? Because I don't remember him calling him Pops in the episodes we watched, at least. So Lupin part. I will say I know of him being called Pops primarily from the dub that we will talk about in just a moment. Mm-hmm. I believe though that he is called Pops from time to time, or something that translates loosely to Pops. Um, I mean, I, I can I can definitely see that um, th- there does seem to be this weird disapproving father son relationship between Lupin and Zenigata. Um, and so th- there is a lot of fun to be had in this episode. It I, I will say when when Lupin. Uh, yeah, so I will it, say it, uh, so. So uh, Zenigata is often called Totsan by uh, by Lupin which roughly translates to something like old man, pop, scramps, something like okay. that. Okay, I mean, that, that makes sense. Um, so the four episodes we watched last week were very much in the... I mean, they were all over the place, but I, I kind of felt they all carried a, a somewhat of a similar tone, even though the, I know the show gets sillier. And, and that holds true for... Some of these episodes, it seems to have have shifted into its oh, okay. We're a little sillier. We're not going to be as serious, um, except for, for for an episode with a very unserious uh, English title. Um, I but I, I will say, like, I love the um, the flair of Lupin. And I love the silliness of Lupin, but I also like when it really straddles that line of being serious and funny. Yes, like when it's overly cartoonish. I'm like, I get the appeal, but it's not quite for me um, when they lean into that kind of like, oh, Lupin monkey face. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 not as much my thing, but I definitely see the appeal. Um, and and we certainly get some goofy stuff in in what we have watched. But then we get an episode um, that I know we're you know, not going to talk about yet that I, I think might be my favorite episode of Lupin so far. Uh, two of my favorite episodes of Lupin so far have been in this season. Uh, so let, let's let's take a little time out to talk about this episode and talk about how I initially encountered this show way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, so so back in the early 2000s, the company Genion, uh, which doesn't exist anymore. Uh, Ooh, wow, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, they got the rights to Lupin the Third and decided to dub it uh, specifically for Adult Swim. And they were tasked with, you know, making the show compatible with an Adult Swim audience. And so what they chose to do is they they kept most of all the storylines roughly intact, but they they updated the the dialogue they updated the the sometimes very japanese specific references and things like that and and they made it something that you know someone of you know so an american in the early 2000s would recognize uh, a, a a a case in point in the in the uh dub uh in the subtitled version in the japanese version of the episode when he's describing the ship he's describing the sirloin as just this really nice ship the dub version uh lupin voiced by tony oliver uh who does a pretty good job as lupin i like tony oliver as lupin a lot uh he is a has been a voice actor for a long time uh, i believe one of the thing he's he's got a ton of, of references but the thing i know him best as is rick hunter from robotech <laughs> so rick hunter is playing uh lupin here um he, he says uh it makes the Queen Mary look like the minnow, which is a reference to the Queen Mary cruise ship and the minnow from uh, uh, Gilligan's Island. And that is not a reference that Japanese audiences in the 1970s would understand. 
that's barely a reference that <laughs> audiences, audiences in, the, in the 2000s, 2000s would understand. understand. Uh, but they 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 made changes like that. Uh, for the most part, though, I think it turns out OK. I don't hate it. Um, so some other things you've got, uh, of course, Tony Oliver is Lupin. You've got Michelle Ruff, who is a longtime voice actress. Uh, she played the female lead in uh, uh, Red Line that we watched. She is um, uh, uh, the teacher Kawakami in Persona 5. <laughs> She's got a huge, long, long list of credits, uh, and she is uh, playing Fujiko. Uh, you've got Lex Lang as uh, Goemon, who is a guy that I recognize his voice, but I'm not sure exactly what I recognize it from outside of just a ton of anime that was done in. Uh, oh, he's Guinea is Sahalin in 8th MS team. That's probably where I know him best. Um, and rounding out the main cat cast. And this is where it gets kind of interesting. Uh, Jigen is played by Richard Epcar. Who people out there may know is the longtime voice of Bato in ghost in the shell dubs <laughs> in the United States. Um, what is interesting about this is that Jigen, uh, Jigen in, in the Japanese language cast uh, is voiced by, and I'm going to have to look this up because I didn't call this up ahead of time. Uh, he was voiced by a guy, a, a man named Kiyoshi Kobayashi for a, a, for decades um in fact in 2014 i believe it was they they recast the entire cast of lupin the third except for him because his voice was too iconic and the character of jegan as the gunslinger was based on james coburn specifically james coburn from the magnificent seven uh well wouldn't you know it kiyoshi kobayashi does all did all of james coburn's dubbed voices in japanese media so you have the man who was Coburn playing the character based on Coburn for for years and years and years. Uh, and when Kobayashi retired, he has unfortunately since uh, since passed away. Um, he passed on that. He passed on that that role of Jigen to uh, another another actor named Akio Otsuka. And Akio Otsuka is the son of Chi, uh, Chikao Okusa, or Otsuka, excuse me who was the original voice of Goemon, which is funny. Uh, but Akio Otsuka is known for, you know, a number of characters out. Uh, of course he became, uh, he became Jigen, uh, in, in, uh, since, uh, the retirement of, and, and, uh, unfortunately passing away of that actor. Uh, but he's played a little character named solid snake and liquid snake and solid snake and venom snake and naked snake and all the snakes and ghost in the shell. Uh, he is a uh, black beard in one piece. He is, uh, he's Annabelle Gatto in mobile suit Gundam 0083. And, uh, wouldn't you know it? He also played Bato in ghost to the shell. It goes in the <laughs> shell, which is just a fun little, little circle, uh, which, uh, thank you for taking that side trip with me. Cause I just love the fact that two Batos are playing Jigen in different, uh, yeah, <laughs> different that is nations. pretty great. Um, but yeah, uh, so to, to get back to it, yes, they they dubbed things with new references and updated references. Um, I think some of that works very well. I think Jigen, honestly, is probably the best part of the dub. Uh, Lupin yeah. is pretty good. Fujiko. Uh, Goemon, they weirdly give a lot more like mystical Japanese, like he's with his ancestors now and stuff like that that is not in the original <laughs> Which no, is, no, like, 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 it's like kind of stone cold in in the Japanese version. And here he's a lot more of like. Here's our mystic friend. Yeah, for it's, some it's, reason, it's an interesting take, and I can kind of see why they did it that way, because maybe maybe there's something subtle about the Japanese version that not being a native Japanese speaker, I don't I don't get. But there's just like it's possible. There's, there's just a lot of like stoic mysticism stuff that you get out of Jigen in the in the dub that is just not there in the uh, in the in the subtitled version. Uh, but uh, the unfortunate side effect of this is that they do. They also change the titles of episodes. And so, for example, episode two, which yeah. we did, which we did not watch, 
uh, episode two of part two, uh, where they steal the giant Jesus statue from Rio de Janeiro, which. <laughs> why so, did we not watch that? Why did we not watch it? Again, the, watching Lupin is like, I should watch all of Lupin. Um, it was called Wads of Bills Bloom in the Rio Sunset uh, in the Japanese language. And in the American, it was Buns, Guns and Fun in the Sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that that sounds like an american uh title for sure yeah so they're not all not all of these titles are good um so let us move on to the second episode that we watch which is a second season episode uh notably the theme title changes from the first one we got a new theme song for the first season of part two and now we have a new theme uh, an updated version of the theme song uh for this um so I just want to apologize. I uh, read a lot of stuff about what this episode uh, meant for a couple of characters in this and not a lot about the other, like, quite frankly, real bad takes. Super offensive stuff in here. Like I said, I, I, I deferred to Drew to choose these episodes. And when I was watching this, I was like, Dude, I need to check on my friend. Why? Why am I watching this episode? This episode was sold to me as Lupin and Zenigata having to work together to get out of a jam. And while that is true, it also involves <laughs> it a is lot technically of technically correct. That is technically correct. The best kind of correct. If Futurama was to tell us in anything. This situation. <laughs> uh, what the, what they are escaping from is a middle eastern uh revolutionary group that is of course translated and and presented so kindly oh god i feel bad for having put put this upon the show um because it is pretty it, it has not aged well the references in this um like, imagine the south park 9-11 episode but without any of the satire yeah yeah that's kind that's kind of what they do here um which i know the south park episode also has not aged well because well, south park hasn't aged well but yeah i mean just to give you an idea of the kind of stuff you're dealing with in in the just not, not even just the caricatures that you're dealing with with which again i know is part of this show but the way it's represented is, yeah, is and, pretty rough and you know it, this is one of those things where like if this was part of looney tunes uh uh, Warner Brothers would put a big warning in front of the episode before they showed it to you <laughs> or the way that they do it for a uh, Disney and Dumbo uh, right now for some of the, the depictions of different things. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's it's not a good it's not a good take. It doesn't age well mm -hmm. uh, where they're with this 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 foreign legion, which is trying to do a revolution in the country at one point Lupin and and uh Zenigata dress it dress in in veils and and hijabs and try to escape and there's people that are trying to buy them and it it's it's a whole thing gang this episode has some funny moments but most of it just made me uncomfortable and I feel bad for having brought it it's honestly up. it's not that fun of an episode yeah it's not um, especially considering that we have much better episodes to talk about. Uh, by the way, this uh, this episode, uh, "The Wind Is Hot in Morocco," was the Japanese title, uh, and the uh, the English title was "Morocco Horror Picture Show." Uh, so, just gonna keep listing those when uh, so bad when I can. Um, but not to not to not to completely diss this episode um it was interesting to see lupin and zenigata forced to work together because lupin keeps wanting to escape and zenigata does not want to because he's a police officer and he doesn't want to be <laughs> police officers don't escape they don't do crimes and etc 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 um so yeah uh but it's it's it is uh 1978 let us remember that this is an episode that is older than both miles and i and it and, and we are old. So this is even older than old people. So just just throwing that out there. Um, let's move on, though. Uh, we're now jumping to see season three. Uh, again, mm -hmm. we're blowing through this show because, again, 155 episodes and we picked four to watch. Um, getting Jigen with it. No, I'm sorry. That was the 
American dub that title. Title kills me. And it's 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 so silly for an episode that is not silly at all. Yeah. Uh, so this episode in, in Japan was called The Face of Goodbye at the National Border. This is episode 58 of part two, and it takes place in season three. And this is one of the best things that I have yeah. seen so far. In it's the third. phenomenal. It, I mean, and it also kind of reminds me even a little bit of the kind of jet episodes in Bebop where you know, when you get to see him in his own element, especially when he's like investigating his stuff from his past or having his own moments. Um, this, this episode is this fun, tense cold war thriller. Uh, it's got all, all the makings of a cool spy story and all the twists and turns of a feature length film, like distilled into 24 minutes. And I'm, it's frankly one of the most impressive episodes that I've seen. And, and, and set to the music from Swan Lake as a yes. big part of it, which really, really, really works. So to, let, let's, let's talk about the, 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 uh, so the way this is set up, uh, Jigen and Lupin are in, and actually Goemon and Fujiko are also there. They are in the Soviet union to steal, uh, a diamond called the Aurora drop that is on the, uh, the, the tiara of a ballerina that is performing in Swan Lake. And they, they successfully steal this diamond using some sort of weird magnet thing. I'm not exactly sure what they did, but uh, but they steal it. And on the way out there, they are under attack by the the Soviet military, Soviet police. And Jigen is injured as part of it and tells Lupin to go on. And Lupin promises that he'll come back to get him. In the meantime, though, Jigen is rescued from this process by uh by Monica, who was the prima ballerina of the the ballet that they just watched, who is mm-hmm. trying to get out of the country. And this this is a story of these two people who Jigen doesn't trust her at first, even though she has bandaged him up uh, and she doesn't well, get. You also get an insight about Jigen doesn't really trust women in general which is jigen doesn't trust many people and i believe he says you know uh, unfortunately name a woman who uh who hasn't uh who hasn't betrayed (laughs) you and then i'll yeah it's something like oh man like don't say that um Uh, uh, but but (laughs) but this this story is is so interesting and honestly serious unlike a a lot of 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 the lupin episodes that we watched uh, especially considering the one we're about to talk about this episode is so serious as the two of them try to escape the the soviets and they're trying to get around blockades and and sneak past checkpoints and all of this stuff that you would expect from a 1960s 1970s spy thriller uh and uh monica has has passport fake passports made up declaring glaring them the the ivanov uh mr ivanov and they're going through these things and meanwhile lupin and fujiko and goemon are trying to rescue them though that is a very very small part of the episode really one or two scenes until the the very end um yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a Jigen episode. And I think what's interesting about this is you also get these interpersonal moments between Monica and Jigen where you you see that the two characters who are both reticent to trust. It's not just Jigen. They're, they're both reticent to trust for very, very specific reasons. But you definitely see a kinship. Um, and you can even say like an un, unrequited romance to it to a degree. But it's not. It's not overly done. It's all unspoken and it's really, really powerful. I think I think the, the, the work done in this episode is is the best of the entire series that I've seen so far, which is yeah. what seven episodes. <laughs> yeah. It's not 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 uh, not a lot. Um, and what what gets me, uh, honestly, is the heartbreaking end of this episode where it is determined that they do just dis- they do discover uh, Lupin and Fujiko discover that the diamond they steal is a fake. And that the real diamond has been wrapped inside of Jigen's bandages the entire time because Monica was using him to get the the diamond out of the country. And just the heartbreak as because he has fallen for her through the course of this. And you think that she has fallen for him, but no. And you still see some regret on her face. Like she's like, 
Yeah, but you're, you were still the one thing keeping me from freedom, you know, and that to her is more valuable. It, it, I mean, it's definitely a heartbreaking moment, but at the same time, Jigen kind of laughs it off. Like, 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 like he, like he thinks about it and it's like, it could, like he doesn't say this, but like you kind of get the read that like he believes it could only end this way. Yeah. It's, and then, and then he like takes the passport that he, he hadn't looked at and sees that, that they were supposed to be married and he throws up in the air and shoots, uh, like a, like a, like a skeet ball, uh, or disc. And I, I mean, I think, I just think this is a great episode. It's, it's meditative. It's, it's got, it's got action. It's got some great moments. I think it's, I mean, like, like you, like we both have said, it, it is a perfect Cold War thriller distilled into 24 minutes. I, I'm, the story beats and the pacing of this episode are so expertly placed that in less capable hands, this entire episode would, would feel rushed. But they make use of every second of screen time to where you just feel like, oh, man, I got I, got, I didn't just get a bite sized story. I got a healthy portion and y'all just told it exceptionally well. Yeah. I, I love this episode and it's made me love the character. I'm. I'm I, this is what I want most from Lupin because there's still funny moments like Lupin's still funny and there's still some, you know, Lupin-esque escapades. But th- these great stories that like this and there there was the, there was one last week I really liked a lot as well. Like, that's what I want from the show. So there is a rumor and I have not been able to confirm this um, because a lot of this information is very old. Uh, the director credit for this is uh, Yagi Ishikura. Uh, Yagi Ishikura is also conveniently a character name in an episode of an anime called Daitarn 3. Uh, Daitarn 3 was a show that was directed by Yoshiyuki Tomino. And there are people that believe that Yoshiyuki Tomino, creator of Mobile Suit Gundam, directed this episode of Lupin using this fake name. Um, and again, I cannot confirm this. Interesting, but I can see well, it. <laughs> well, I can certainly see it because boy, how do you want to talk about someone who's got things to say about war? And there are certainly stuff said about both sides of the cold war in this episode. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I buy it. That that's, that's pretty dope. I, I'd love that if that were true. I, I I want it to be true now. Um, and again, this would have been a couple of years before Gundam started because we're still in 1978 when this came out. Yeah, 78. So Gundam didn't premiere for another year at this point, uh, which is uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Um, speaking of directors who leave their stamp on a project, let's talk about our final episode of of what we watch for part two and uh, and an episode that quite frankly, I adored um this episode uh, it's episode 145 it's in the fourth and final season of part two uh this is the final thing that miyazaki hayao miyazaki directed for lupin the third wings of death albatross and uh i will say that this was not this was the final thing that he directed for lupin the third but it's not the final thing that we're gonna see because we're gonna because next week we're gonna take a look at something that he directed that happened a little bit before this um but this episode to me feels like more than anything i've i've seen so far this has so many of the telltale miyazaki things in it um while being a lupin episode um Yes, um, I I was kind of surprised because the first stuff we watched that he did, I didn't feel was very Miyazaki like they were. It was certainly of quality, but it didn't feel I didn't feel his creative touch. And you can tell maybe this was something like, all right, I'm going off to do my own thing. And there's there there is more flourish in this episode for sure there also seemed to be a higher budget to this episode and i don't know if it's just because it's the fourth season and they got a higher budget but the animation quality the animation quality 
has jumped in this episode to to a really great degree. Uh, so the the idea of, of but the 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 synopsis of this episode is that Lupin, Jigen, and Goemon are basically out camping, making uh making a, a meal over the fire, uh in a little in a little uh, RV cabin, uh and because uh, they've been called by Fujiko there, uh Fujiko shows up, uh being chased by people with guns shows up then uh shoots shoots behind her and then dives through a window and then the entire thing is shot up and we learn that she has dropped something in their food and it is some sort of weird tiny device and it turns out that it is a a detonator to an to an atomic bomb (laughs) and that that leads us to uh professor lonebach and his airplane museum where he is trying to get this gigantic uh, seaplane off the ground called the Albatross uh, because he has figured out how to make small atomic bombs that he can sell for a shockingly small amount of money. Again, this was 19, uh, 1980 at this point. Um, uh, he can sell the and, and he or he can sell the detonators, which anybody could use to learn how to make a small atomic bomb for an even smaller amount of money. I think his A-bombs were three hundred thousand dollars and the uh the detonators were fifty thousand dollars which is again inflation is a real thing gang (laughs) right (laughs) but where this episode uh really works is that it's it's lupin and jigen and goemon trying to rescue fujiko who has been captured by uh by professor lonebach but Fujiko not necessarily really needing to be freed because she has <laughs> she is taking out members of this plane uh half naked the entire time. Uh, that is another thing about this episode uh Fujiko is not tr- treated in a particularly clothed state and uh it's it was the 70s and, and early 80s gang but it's it's I don't know would you call it tasteful? I'm not sure that I would call it tasteful. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I would I would like this more closer to like Grindhouse, to be honest, uh, in terms of the kind of treatment Fujiko gets in this in this episode. She gets she does get demeaned and Lonebach wants to make her his wife, his first wife, because he was too busy making an A-bomb to get married before. Uh, but then Fujiko also does get to absolutely destroy and punch out <laughs> so Everybody. many people on this plane. Uh, and you know, that that's one of those things that hasn't aged as well as everything else in the episode. I will definitely give it that, but where this I mean, episode, the, 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 the cool thing is that though, that they, they, they do give Fujiko, you know, the agency to like, she takes the plane back. Yes. She does not need to be rescued. She gladly accepts a plane ride off, but she does not need to be rescued in this situation. Uh, but the, what I love about this is that this has so many hallmarks of a Miyazaki project. The Albatross is a gigantic, super well animated, just bulky thing that you know, it, it it it's funny. My my wife was watching Castle, not uh 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 not Castle in the Sky, Laputa. What's the one with the? Uh... She was watching a, a an early Miyazaki Nausicaa. movie, Nausicaa. My wife was watching Nausicaa the other day, and I look at all of the big, you know, crazy looking planes they have in Nausicaa, and I look at this big plane they have in Loop, and I'm like, oh yeah, the same director directed both of these things, and. It, it's got this zaniness and, and the way the characters move, specifically the way that Fujiko moves when she is just taking dudes out on this plane, she moves like a Ghibli character, a, a, like the way that the way that she jumps and the way that she lands and all of these things. It's like these are our Miyazaki hallmarks that you can see in this. And it's just a very, very interesting thing to see, uh, especially because. Miyazaki would go on to this be the last thing with Lupin he did and then form Studio Ghibli right after this and start working on on that. Um it just it's just yeah, a lot I of mean fun. There, there there's some flourishes there, especially the stuff with like the plane falling over the water. There there are definitely some things that that he would definitely 
he would use later in his visual career. And you see him playing with it. I, I, I don't want to I don't want anyone to have the expectation that this is a Hayao Miyazaki episode. And you're <laughs> going to like, for example, if you see the the uh, Miyazaki pitch for uh, Little Nemo, it looks like a Miyazaki pitch. It looks like his stuff. This is still Lupin the Third. It just it has flourishes that if you know who did it, you're like, oh, I can see the beginning of these things here. Um, I, I just I want I want people to temper their expectations if they just want to go in and see like early Miyazaki works that you are still getting an episode of Lupin. It looks and feels like an episode of Lupin. However, there are these these flourishes from a young creator who is about to, you know, make a huge impact on the uh, Japanese uh, animation industry. It's it's certainly there. I just I just do. I just do not want people to go in and be like, oh, man, that wasn't like a Miyazaki thing at all. Well, apparently, and we'll talk about this, I'm sure, more next week. Spoiler warning for what we're doing next week. But uh, the the thing we're going to talk about next week apparently was not super financially successful. Uh, So Miyazaki returned uh, to 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 the show because people weren't hiring him. (laughs) And as part of this, he. He upped the levels of sex and violence in this show because he had toned that down in in what he had directed previously, uh, which is interesting. Um, and definitely something that you can tell in the early parts of this episode, especially. Um, but, but, you know, it all it all worked out for him in the end. Um, so. As we wrap up Lupin the Third Part Two Miles, uh, I know we only talked about four episodes, but how how are you feeling so far about our? Oh, our... I'm sure enjoying myself. I I do feel like with as much material it is as as there is, I mean, it's one of those things that is kind of a mixed bag for me. It's the kind of same reason I don't watch, you know, a Dragon Ball or a One Piece, where you know I like I like overarching stories. I don't necessarily need that kind of almost shonen type of storytelling, but I'm certainly not adverse to it. Like. If this was on, I'm definitely going to watch it. If I was a kid, I would have eaten this up. And I definitely want to watch more of it. Um, I, I think the reason that I've never really pursued it is because of the the size of the franchise. And that can be intimidating. Um, but it is good to know that you can kind of just dive into this franchise wherever. And once you are introduced to the characters, have a great time. And I think it's really important to know about this franchise. And one thing I want to get across is... So far, if you just want to start watching Lupin, you can. And the, at least in the first season, I can't remember how much they do it in the second. They they would introduce like, oh, I'm Lupin the third and these are my friends. And like, yeah, Fujiko betrays on me, but I'm softy for the cuties. You know, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that they they bring out to where like, if it's your first episode, OK, I'm caught up. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Um, I certainly see why this has become an international sensation. I certainly see why it's had a massive resurgence in the last 20 years. And I'm looking forward to watching more. What well, about you? I hope so, because uh, no, I, oh, yeah, this, we got a lot of it left. We got a lot of it left. Um, Lupin the Third Part Two, specifically the Genie on Dub, is what made me interested in this character. And I am fascinated to go back and actually see the true interpretation of that and i'm I, I'm, I'm not trying I'm, it sounds like i'm being a little flippant here it's just because they did change enough of the the script but they they changed enough of the script in that dub but they didn't really change the characters and that's what i think i like about this that this is this is simultaneously that goofy heist story but it it has it has a lot of it's just fun it's got a lot of fun to it and that's where i am so excited to see because we're going to reach a point where there's a gap in what we what we see and 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 that's that's going to be kind of an uh, of an interesting thing uh so so let's let's take a step back and look at what we are talking about next week so next week we had a couple of thoughts about what to do because during the time frame of Lupin the Third Part Two airing on television, they released two films: uh, the Mystery of Mamo, which uh, is available and out there. But we decided because it's considered such a classic and so influential, 
we are covering Lupin the Third, the Castle of Cagliostro, uh, the Miyazaki directed Lupin the Third movie. Um, this was a movie from 1979, uh, which if you had told me that when I saw it the first time, I would not have believed you that it was that right. Uh, it we uh you know whether you watch the dub or whether you watch the sub the dub this is this was not dubbed outside of Ginion so the dub is much closer to the original script uh so i i would not worry about whether you're watching the dub or the sub for this one um and it is all about uh lupin and his gang uh after a casino heist fleeing to the grand duchy of cagliostro uh, and, uh, and, and the story that happens after that. Um, so this is, this is, we're covering this for a reason. It is one of the most influential anime movies. So many people, uh, in American animation point to this as like one of the, the things that influenced them in animation, specifically um, the Disney Renaissance, <laughs> specifically the Disney Renaissance. Uh, so with that said, unfortunately, uh, even though a couple of months ago, this was available just about everywhere on streaming. Yeah. As, <laughs> as we record this episode today, it is not available streaming anywhere right now, uh, but it is like two or three dollars on Amazon or iTunes to rent. It's like 10 bucks to buy. Um, and so I, I'm okay with that as an absolute classic that, that this movie yeah, is. And I, I will say I am likely going to be watching the 2000 dub. I probably will as well, just because uh, it's, it's easier when it's in your own language. And, uh, and oddly solid snake is in it. We're back to solid snake again, miles. Well, that, and like once, once 2000 kind of rolls around the, the, the localization of anime in the States, the, the quality just begins exponentially rising. Well, you say that the part two was dubbed in the early 2000s and it's <laughs> interesting. I understand that. I'm just saying <laughs> that like once things start kicking off at that time, it gets a lot better. Yes. And especially now, now I, I, I watch dubs if I have the opportunity. I, I have a feeling um, after, after a uh, week after next, we, I will probably shift to more dubs than subs. Um, but with that said, uh, so that, so that's what we're doing next week. The castle of Cagliostro loop on the thirds, 1979 movie. Uh, so with that said, uh, if you would like to find us on the internet, you can find us at the more you where you can find this and every other episode that we have ever done. You can tweet to us at the more you nerd and go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd. And of course you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com. That's the more you nerd at gmail.com we got an email and i forgot to mention it so we will try to get to round out about that and loop in the third next week i'm sorry fireball i forgot um but with that said uh we are going to end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd out, out.